Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Saving starts with internet and wireless from Xfinity. Because when you get Xfinity Internet and add mobile, you can save up to $400 a year on wireless. Enjoy fast, reliable internet at home and nationwide 5G on the go, included at no extra cost. Get Xfinity Internet and Mobile together and ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back. Don't miss out. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary. SNL writer Hugh Fink, who was there during all the great sketches you remember, and super funny guy, is going to come in, talk SNL, talk comedy, and we'll talk uh, the news with Hugh as well. First, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own, do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, right? Then you got your automotive policy. How about you put those together and you get your bundle working at Geico? What they do is they take your insurance for your automotive and they put it with your homeowners and rentals. Insurance is called bundling. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Let's go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could be saving when you get your bundle working at Geico.com. Corolla Drinks fans, get ready. Las Vegas is open. Join Lynette and the gang at the X-Pot at the Venetian, May 29th from 5 to 7, for your first taste of 818 Rye. That's right. Corolla Drinks is pouring 818 Rye for everyone who stops by. May 29th, 5 p.m. We'll see you in Las Vegas. Do you want to be a part of Adam's next book? Sometimes I do. Submit your questions for Ask an Asshole by emailing them to asshole at adamcarolla.com. Ask about any topic you need the Ace Man's advice or answers on. That's A-S-K-H-O-L-E at adamcarolla.com. Legendary SNL writer and beyond, you think, is our guest on online writing workshop how to write tv sketch comedy it'll be monday june 7th at uh, 7 p.m eastern 7 pacific and uh where do we uh, go to uh hughfink.com to sign up good to see you good to see you adam uh so we're all big fans of uh, snl here i appreciate that i had to tell you i loved your talking about food culture right now and comparing to how you used to scrounge yeah and it reminded me of how i came across recently my favorite food-oriented um, commercial, which I remember was for Lowenbrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, the beer. The beer. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember this ad. It's my favorite of all time where this guy walks into a New York City restaurant. His three buddies are waiting for him. He sits down at the table and he goes, calls the waiter and goes, Jose, get me the biggest steak you got with a Lowenbrow. And the guy goes, Dolan, you're a genius. <laughs> no, I and don't remember that just that like. He's a fucking genius for ordering a steak <laughs> and a beer. Like Galileo discovered yes. the planets. Right. He's unlocked the formula. <laughs> I'm a genius. To, I'm trying to think of what the theme was tonight. It's, it's kind of special. special. Beer you pour yeah. must mean something more It's like somehow. a Lou Rawls knockoff. Yeah, so oh, tonight, haven't. tonight, yes. let it be low and brown. That was the wow. ultimate. Wow. Yeah, t- uh, yeah, I'd say... Here's here's the good friends. Tonight is kind of kind special. Of, the beer you something. pour must be, mean something more somehow. Wow. Ask me my kid's middle name. What's your kid's no middle name? No fucking idea. <laughs> to me, it was Not like important. post Mad Men that yeah. era. Uh, do we have? Yeah. Do we have the uh, Lone Brow commercial from seventy what seven? Let me see. Good Tonight is kind of special. Where you been? It wasn't easy getting tickets for this game. Hey, Bob. Eddie, I know exactly what I want. I want the biggest steak you've got in a bottle of Lowen Brown. Steak and Lowen Brown. Dolan, you're a genius. When you want the taste of a truly He's a genius. Third of steak joint. Tonight, let it be Lowen Brown. Here's the chef. 
I was going to get uh, fondue and a peppermint <laughs> schnapps <laughs> enema. Steakhouse. Exactly. All right. Position. And he's got Nick tickets. That's right. And clearly a hooker afterwards that, right. that Dolan, who's a genius, has lined up. That, by the way, that actor uh-huh. went on to greatness as... Don't the, say Love Boat. No. Oh. Sergeant from Chips. Oh, no shit. Really? That was Poncharella's uh, CO. Never seen an episode of Chips? Oh, goddamn. Yeah. I didn't you like you before you said that. <laughs> now this? <laughs> it, was, it was the Chips Dukes of Hazard bundle. Yeah, no, sorry. They weren't. Okay. Too busy watching SNL. Oh, the again. Chips, the greatest <laughs> second SNL show on TV ever. Because the best part about Chips or any of those shows wasn't about them bringing down bad guys, mm. and it wasn't about them scrapping with the commanding officer or right. the precinct. It was their weekend stuff. Oh, Once yeah. every seven episodes, you get to see how Ponch lives. <laughs> and he's got his members-only jacket, and he's driving his T-Bird, and the fucking ladies hey, are Ponch all really. over him. <laughs> yeah. And he's hanging out at the beach, you know, and he's living that yeah. SoCal 70s lifestyle. Like, oh, this guy's got a, he's got a potted plant in yes. his apartment. <laughs> Sadly, Adam, I got invited to do stand-up early in my career at the Chips Rap Party. Oh! I just knew that someone got me to say there was no money. They go, yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of powerful people in the crowd, yeah, who work at Chips. And who just got laid off. Exactly. So they they introduced me. I'm a nobody. People are just talking over me. No one wants to stand up at a rap party. You're there to, like, get stoned and drunk. And so then they go, would you like to meet Eric? Oh. Estrada. So it's like, well, do I have a choice? So they bring me over and... And he's just like sweaty and drunk, and he didn't even remember that I performed. <laughs> the last thing I saw him do was uh, late night selling um, real estate in parts of Oregon and Washington. Yes, he sells like plots of land in a retirement yeah. community. Like, Great Pines, right. living out outdoor living at its best. <laughs> You're right. I definitely regret not seeing it now. You should have seen it. <laughs> you didn't see him at the height of his power. Also, I think a lot of commercials rely too much on America loving fishing. And I don't think every time they go, you love fishing? Right. Well, you can fish right off your back porch. <laughs> eh, we could eat it. Get shit yeah. from the market. Yeah. <laughs> I think America loves I the idea. Of I think they like the idea of fishing. You're right. You're, that's right. Yeah, they like the idea, the idea of fishing more than they actually fish. Yeah. That's right. And but then there's three guys who do enough fishing for the entire <laughs> country. Like every time you talk, I'm on a boat. What do you want? <laughs> I wanted the Popeil pocket fisherman when I was. Oh, yes. Yeah. Didn't it just like illegally capture fish or something? Well, it was like a... It folded out. Yeah, folded. A Scott... What, not I, don't was, I don't think it was telescoping. Oh, telescope. Okay, well, I thought it was. I It folded out, and it it worked under <laughs> the... Did it electrocute the, the water? It worked, it worked under the very dubious <laughs> assumption that you didn't plan to fish, but you might find yourself in a bass boat one Correct. day going, oh, shit, where's my rick? A fishing session breaks out? Yeah. Like if you're at a steakhouse in Manhattan with Dolan, and then, That's hey, let's right. go fishing. Right. right. You're a genius. Yeah, that was, was he Robert, was Robert Pine his name? That sounds right. Yeah, that was, that was him. So he's now known in my heart for two things. <laughs> God, I wonder what other themes... Uh, you could fish out of me. Yeah, uh, theme songs, I should say. So uh, SNL. Let's get to uh, let's get to SNL. Um, the uh, you got there in ninety five. Ninety five. So I got the they had cleaned house with almost all the cast, but my friend David Spade was still there. He was the only star they retained. Mm-hmm. So I was brought in to do a segment you might remember he did for one season called Spade in, in America. Yeah, Spade, in, Spade right. in America, where we would do we went to the World Series. We would, Sean Penn gave him a tattoo at a Hell's Angel biker bar. It was really cool. But new cast, new writers, people were talking like the show was going to die. It was a precipitous time for the show. Lauren Littlefield was overseeing the show and giving notes, mm. which had never happened in Lauren Michaels' career. Right. To have to you know have an executive mm. weighing in. But things came together, fortunately, pretty quickly. The show got good. Then they left us alone. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. the drill, though. Yeah. Like yeah. Any, yeah. I, always, I always would tell everyone from all the years I worked in radio, I'd go, you know why you want great ratings? And they go, well, you get paid or you get prestige. I go, no, you get left alone. Mm-hmm. When, when mm-hmm. your ratings are bad in radio, there's a fucking meeting after every single show. And some guy with horrible ideas is trying to graft them onto your show. And <laughs> when you're doing great, 
You just, yeah. You'll never see the person. No. That's right. The rumor was that they had hired a focus group, if you can imagine, for Saturday Night Live. It had uh. been on 30 years. And the executive, some young woman, comes in and goes, Lauren, let me start with the good news. People like the show. Oh, Imagine him. Go He's on. done the show a quarter of a century right. to be told by a focus group. Yeah, they like it. Oh, goody. <laughs> do you remember some of the earlier sketches you wrote or some of the I genesis do. of yes. the, some of those sketches? So the very first thing I wrote for Spade in America was at the height of um, Ted Kaczynski had not been arrested yet. The Unabomber. Mm. This is early. So it was a huge deal. He's the number one terrorist in America. So I wrote Spade a message to the Unabomber, mm. or Spade, Spade looked straight to camera and did a thing of like, hey, Unabomber, don't know where you are, but a couple things. Number one, lose the aviator sunglasses. Mm. You're coming off gay. Like, it was just <laughs> all this stuff. And it was considered, at the time, sort of um, subversive, mm-hmm. just to be addressing a guy who's maybe out there. Mm-hmm. But that was really fun. And and, yeah. and no no blowback in those days. There was blowback. Well, my first sketch that I submitted that the censors wrote on the sketch, this will never air, was a commercial parody. You know how people collect baseball cards? Mm-hmm. So it was a bunch of kids going, got them, need them, need them, got them. It turned out they were pictures of missing kids from milk cartons. <laughs> it was called abducto cards. <laughs> NBC did not like yeah. that at all. Wow. And what's great is Jack Handy goes, this is the funniest commercial of the year. <laughs> do it. You got to do it. We had, uh, we had a man show bit about, uh, I think it was Young Frat House. Mm. I don't know if you can find that, Max Pato. The, it was like your first frat house. Yeah. Like it was a toy yeah. for like nine-year-olds and then the uh, scatological everything ensued sure. a- after sure. that. We also had Cooperstown condoms, which is reminded me of too, <laughs> which is, you know, you're supposed to think about baseball, baseball when you're, you're having yes. sex yeah. and last longer. Yeah. That's well, good. Those are two things to look for. <laughs> I Hugh, that was a great cast when you started. Did you have any inkling r- right away? Did anyone jump out to you? It was like, oh, this person is a, a, a breakout star in the making. For sure. Obviously, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell went on to great success. Yeah. Fer- Will Ferrell did his – he had it at the Groundlings, then he did it our first show. Mm-hmm. It was the, the guy who yelled, get off the shed. <laughs> Just this oh, right, bar- right. white the dad. dad. Yeah. And I remember going, this guy's brilliant because – he sort of had that Chevy Chase everyman quality, mm-hmm. but with a lot of anger. Right. And he expressed it really well. It's and- one of those sketches, I'm sure you know this very well, but like that would not have worked with a lot of other performers. That works mm. in the performance. On the page, it's right. you know, kind of silly and b- b- bizarre, but with that performance from Will Ferrell specifically, it works. It Correct. doesn't work with, I don't know, Jim Brewer, who's very funny, but you know what I mean? It doesn't work. That's that right. Way. And that makes so much sense that that was a, you said that was a Groundlings character? Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes that, that makes perfect sense now. That that's just one of those things he found in, 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 you know, in class or on stage and he took it with him. Yeah. Uh, you loved writing for Norm McDonald, who loved we love writing for Norm. So my favorite thing to do with Norm was I created those Larry Kings that you might mm-hmm. remember, Adam. Where yeah. people had done Larry King, but I portrayed him as it was based on his USA Today column mm-hmm. called News and Views. Mm-hmm. It was just an embarrassment. It was like Larry was just a publicity whore. If you paid him, he'd go like. If you see one movie the rest of your life, it should be Dante's Peak. All right. <laughs> Clearly, a publicist paid sure. him. But then I had him say stuff that was just downright shocking, like, is it just me or is anyone else sick and tired of Nelson yeah. Mandela? <laughs> just the off-the-cuff <laughs> But Norm, of course, loved it because yeah. it was irreverent and weird. Norm is one of the funniest dudes ever. As you know. As I know, who just, he's just crazy. And as you know, too, he's a brilliant impressionist. That guy sounds hot. Yeah. He's, <laughs> now, I mean, first things first, him doing like young Burt Reynolds always made me oh. laugh. He was doing Burt Reynolds from like 25 years right. earlier. And he wasn't even doing that much, just chewing gum, chewing gum. in the right way. Mm-hmm. It was just. And Th- who- there's a genius in there. I got, I got a right. hat. It's a funny hat. Same yeah. Hat. Remember his Bob Dole? Yeah. He would just talk about it in third person and go, Bob Dole, and clench his, his one pencil. arm. And, yeah. Yeah. I think I was listening. I think it was Michael Che uh, talking to Howard Stern and both of them agreeing that as far as Weekend Update goes, Norm MacDonald was their favorite. He was my favorite. Yeah. I was yeah. Favorite. Yeah. He would uh, 
Because he did that stuff all the time where he'd go like, I love when he did uh, Note to Self where he'd talk and he'd like <laughs> on the phone. I love that. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> I loved when he'd do something like, worst job in America, crack whore. Um, second this year, the second word. Yeah, the worst job, assistant crack, crack whore. That's right. Like those, those kinds of jokes he, always uh, made me laugh. Our first update that I worked on, he did that great joke about uh, – the number one song on the alternative music charts, better than Ezra. The number two song, Ezra. <laughs> right. Yeah. Super, uh, yeah, nuts, but super, super funny. Probably Correct. easier to wrangle back then, I back guess. Back then he was. That's right. He cannot. Well, first things first. When people live to live in Los Angeles and announce, I don't drive, that's strike one. Yeah, that's it's really order. difficult to get on with right, things right. because you live in Los Angeles and you've announced you do not drive. Yes. Which makes it very difficult to <laughs> to do projects with you. <laughs> Who uh, Did you ever sit on in the audition process? I find the audition process too I did not. That was a kind of exclusive group. But okay. I did get to sit and watch that on my on closed circuit TV because they would do it in 8H studio. And the writers, we had a feed to it. Sure, sure. So like when they when Norm left Weekend Update and they had auditions for the new people, I got to watch them all audition. That was cool. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, go ahead. Follow, just to follow up on that, do does anyone stick out to you? Because obviously a cavalcade of people would come through to audition for the show. Anyone audition who was great that just didn't make the show but went on to their own success? Well, I, I won't even comment on what great or not, but you know who came really close to getting update was Jeff Ross. Oh, they really? flew into audition, wow. and I remember he did well at his weekend update audition. In the sense that he's such a schmoozer, he got like all the camera crew laughing right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get it. But he did wow. well. Wow! Hmm. Did yeah. you have any designs on on acting in the show? I did. You know, I came from stand up, mm-hmm. so I did, and I was fortunate enough. I did my own weekend update piece with Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon because there was one year, Adam, where this is striking. I was the only Jewish writer on this cast. That's it was unbelievable. Not true. Adam McKay was still there. I love it. Is it Schindler's List? No. <laughs> uh, and so I did it. Well, Lauren let me do a weekend update piece about. I start off by going like people asking why the show's not funny. It's because there's only one Jewish guy on the writing <laughs> staff. But um, yeah, I, I got to do that, and I did. Um, they put me in like monologues. Yeah. So I got. Oh, those are fun. I yeah. got beat up by. Um, um, uh, Who's the actress? Uh, I'm forgetting her name. Something about Mary. Uh, Cameron Diaz. Diaz. She did a monologue where she had to like got pissed at me sitting in the crowd and she <laughs> slapped me. So we had to practice the her hitting me. So it was fun. How would you figure out the monologues? Because my technique was coming from stand up was come up with one or two things about their persona that the public was aware of and then exploit it. So, for example, Garth Brooks got mad because I wrote him a monologue that everyone wanted and then his publicist vetoed it. He talked about himself in the third person a lot really? in interviews. And I thought, okay, well, that's something easy to make fun of. Like Garth does this and Garth does it. So I wrote a whole monologue where he did that and it killed. And then two days before Saturday, he's oh. like, I'm not comfortable with this monologue. Oh, my. Chris Gaines isn't comfortable with this exactly. monologue. Exactly. <laughs> wasn't Chris Gaines the musical guest? That Yeah, Garth was a good host. He's a good uh, host. But uh, Chris Gaines was the musical so guest. So you scrambled for a brand new monologue? Honestly, he did. He barely did one. Oh. He like it was kind of BS. Wow. But the best part, Adam, was getting hosts who were contra like Robert Downey Jr. We had when he got out of jail. Mm-hmm. So I sat. I said, "Look, Robert, are you okay with me writing a monologue where you make fun of the fact?" And he's like, "A hundred percent." So if they're on board, it's, it's the great. Best. Kevin Spacey at the time, he was a great host, by the way. His reputation was always doing playing creepy, weird guys. Mm-hmm. So the monologue, I said, can I write you one that exploits that? He said, sure. So what I had him do was he sang a Frank Sinatra song sincerely because he's got a good voice. Then we just chironed really mean, dark stuff about him. (laughs) 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 He acted like that he didn't know that the words were there. He was another great host. They did the outtakes from Star Wars auditions. God, he was so good. He did Walter Matthau. Yes, I forgot about that. He's a great great impressionist. I forgot that he played 
Bobby Darren. He yep. did. In a movie. That's right. And probably did all the yeah. singing, all he the background stuff. Very sad underwater mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. We, you know, the the question that everybody always asks, and, and you're kind of answering it, but, you know, people always ask the cast members, like, who was just the nightmare of all nightmares? And for a writer, like you said, like Garth Brooks at the end said, I'm not doing this monologue. Well, there's some people that was just like, give me something to work with so I can write something for you. Correct. Like, you mean hosts who, yeah, who are good someone, about it? Was there, was there anyone that stuck out that was just like, I give up. I can't help this person. I can't write for them. Yeah, They're giving bad? me nothing. Who's a bitch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was trying to say it in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so like I remember um, Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. He had just done Independence Day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a monologue that went to the table read. And it, again, it was on board to be done. And the premise was that everyone confuses him with Bill Paxton. Michael, Right? Sure. Like that's a, and he come, he calls me in the dressing room Thursday. So it's already been approved. He's like, hey, man, let's talk about this monologue. And I already know what's coming. He's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and I said, because it's funny. It's 100% and true. Got laughs. And he goes, but it's like – People don't confuse me. So clearly, again, he's talking to his own people, right? And they're just telling—they're kissing his ass and saying, "You should—you're better than that." Yeah, but that's weird because that's how you score on SNL, right? Be yes. self-deprecating, make fun of yourself, right? Well, that's what and, absolutely. Love. And that's why, like on Kimmel, celebrities read mean tweets was a juggernaut for that reason. Yeah, and the more you're known as a serious actor or uh, certainly mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. an athlete or something like that, the more you can be self-deprecating, the better America yes. likes 100%. it every time. Right. That's right. I could always tell the ones that had the weak chops because they'd get four syllables in and then someone would stand right. up in the audience and goes, I have Raise a question. The and then everyone would come out on stage and start a, a dance singing. number. Yeah. They'd start singing. Because like, they got nothing. The worst, too, is when a host who's not funny mm-hmm. thinks they are. So Lucy Liu is like, oh, no. write this down. Right. And I'm going, I'm writing down this. <laughs> I'm not writing this. That's literally what I was writing. But she pitched all these ideas. Of course, they never saw the light of day. Lucy Liu was giving you notes? Yeah. Well, she was giving me concepts for sketches. That's the worst. Oh, for sketches. She's like, this is a great idea. I got this sketch. Write this down. Oh, my God. How much change takes place right up until it's time to go? So between dress rehearsal which is, you know, just two hours before the live show, I'd say like 10 to 20 percent at the most. So mm-hmm. not a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you're not going to change the premise. You're not going to change the ending, really. You're going to change jokes. Mm-hmm. You might cut and you cut stuff, stuff that Lauren thinks no longer works. You just cut it. Yeah, there's legend of like stuff being in, uh, obviously you know this, in dressers, a full-on dressers, costumes, makeup, right. and then it gets cut. Doesn't make All the, the time. Final show. But on the other side of that, do... Do skits or sketches from the dress rehearsal ever get slotted in to the main show? Like by the time it gets to the West Coast, if it was a better, no. better version, no, no, it's like the, you see the same stuff. Got it. Because they don't have the props and everything aren't ready to go. Got it. So, what are some of your favorite sketches that I worked on? Oh, you, 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 oh. and beyond, and beyond. Sure. So, okay, forgetting myself, I think Chris Farley's motivational speaker. <laughs> Oh yeah, is that Bill Shakespeare inspired, over there? Yeah. brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. The best. Um, I would say, um, I think Spade. I'm a big fan of Spade, Me obviously, too. but I thought his airline steward going bye bye yeah, yeah. captured such. I think it's still relevant. Yeah, so, right. Well, and I mean, it became such a catchphrase. I mean, we all were saying it. Well, it's interesting in that. You would never – you couldn't explain it to a different culture, like why this was funny. Exactly. You couldn't read it on right. a piece of paper. They go, I don't, I don't get it. Like more cowbell. Right. You know That's what I mean? right. Like, oh, how is this funny? How is it? One of my – I think one of the most underrated ones, Adam, is a sketch Robert Smigel wrote where Dana Carvey played Tom Brokaw. Mm. Yes. And the bit was if he, he, pre, he pre-tapes obituaries <laughs> yes. of famous people. Oh, so good. So Gerald Ford, who was still alive, the premise mm-hmm. says, okay, t- Tom, take one. He's like – Gerald Ford died today at age 84 of a heart attack. Okay, next one. Gerald Ford was raped by a bear. <laughs> was torn apart by wolves. <laughs> Tom Brokaw's going like, what? what? He's, that's not going to happen. What are the chances of that? <laughs> we got to cover our bases, Tom. And then you can find like, it, Chris. But that is, see that. I think that's such a like, great premise, right? right. They're pre-taping obituaries. <laughs> he would tag with like, and I'm gay. Yes. He's like, well, but I'm not even gay. He's like, well, you, you can come out and tell the story. That's so funny. All right, we'll see if we can find that one. Yeah. In the meantime, we're looking for that. So 
I don't know if you guys have this. Every once in a while, like your worlds kind of collide or you have that moment. So for me, I was a huge SNL fan. I was a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. And he hosted in your era, right? In November. Are you sure what? In Did yes, yes. So talk about that because that was not a great it was, episode. It was hor- let's be honest. It was a horrible show. <laughs> okay, that was not and a good episode. It's one of, I would argue it's maybe as bad a monologue in the history of the show. I know. Do you so know what the, he did? He Adam? sang an Elvis he song. Came, no, he didn't sing an Elvis song. He sang a song from Bewitched. Oh, was that, that what it was? Tabitha sang when she had a rock band on what? one of the episodes. Why? Because he's insane and he's obsessed with pop culture. <laughs> and I was a song. Everyone knows I write monologues, so they go deal with Quentin. So Quentin's like, "Hey, man, <laughs> dig." So I got this monologue idea. Well, I'm should- gonna, you know, bewitched. I go, "Yeah." He's like, "So dig." There's this song that Tabitha sings, all right? <laughs> and I'm gonna sing it live. I'm like, okay, Quentin. <laughs> most people who watch SNL. Like if they're under 40, uh-huh. they're not going to know Bewitched. <laughs> no. He didn't care. And he sang it live with the SNL house band it to crickets. Fall, it kind of fell flat. It I'm so nothing. glad you said that because I'm watching it like, oh, this is awesome. Grand Tarantino's house got SNL. It's like, no, this People isn't were waiting. Well. They were waiting for a joke. There was no joke. Yeah. Well, now we got to find that. Hugh was pitching him the Michelob theme song. It was. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> something finger popping. You know, there's something a little more modern. The kids, the kids are... They're in the tip of the kids' tongues. Oh, we, a- have, we have Broca's uh, pre-tapes ready. By oh, the that's time. great. So, so. All right. Uh, who are we up to? <clears throat> uh, we're uh, still on presidents. Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford. Well, he's in good shape. <laughs> Just covering our bases, Tom. You never know. Okay. All right. All right. Gerald Ford dead today at the age of 83. <laughs> okay, good. And one for next year. All right. All right. Gerald Ford dead today at age 84. Uh, a little sadder. All right, all right. Gerald Ford dead today at age 84. That was good, good. Okay, what now, what now? Uh, now let's do one for if he's shot. Well, what are the chances of that? We're, we're just covering contingencies. Tom. I mean, it just seems like Gerald Ford... Look, not look, gonna... look, look. You're the one who wants to spend the whole winter in Barbados, okay? All right. You know, we got to get ready. we got to be ready with something just in case. All right, Tom? All right, all right, all right. Gerald Ford shot dead today at age 83. Uh, add the word senseless. All right. Gerald Ford shot dead today... At the senseless age of 83. <laughs> um, uh, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Gerald Ford senselessly shot dead at the age of 83. Good, good. Uh, okay, now suicide. What? <laughs> Just read it. All right. Gerald Ford dead today after jumping out of an office building senselessly. <laughs> It's a nice touch. Uh, okay, moving on. All right. Gerald Ford dead today from an overdose of crack cocaine. <laughs> good, good. Next. All right. Stun- stunning news from Michigan as former President Gerald Ford was chopped into little bits by the propeller of a commuter plane. Good, one take. All right, we got it? Uh, no, we got eaten by wolves. What? No, come on. <laughs> is that Michael doing it. the voice? Yeah, it is. Ford isn't going to be like eaten it. by sure wolves. <laughs> Taft was. Really? Taft? <laughs> uh, it, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Tragedy today is former President Gerald Ford was eaten by wolves. <laughs> he was delicious. Now, that's just superfluous. I mean, you know... It's a former president, Tom. What are you saying? He's not delicious? All right, all right. All right, fine. What's next? The the double story. All right, all right. A fireball destroyed France today, and Gerald Ford is dead. Now, what are the odds of that? Now, come on. Fine, fine. We'll get Stone Phillips to do it. You know, I'm sure Stone Phillips would be thrilled to break a story like that. All right, all right. Let's keep moving. Stunning news from Yorba Linda today as Richard Nixon's corpse climbed out of its grave and strangled Gerald Ford today. 
Gerald Ford was mauled senselessly by a circus lion in a convenience store. Good. Yes. All right, we got it. We're got just going to keep sure. going, but that is fun. There's 16 versions that he does. It's perfect kind of perfect. So it funny. is. It's a great impression. Yeah, it's 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 a great, you know, it's it's weird when you talk to people about stuff, but the it's when when repetition doesn't work, it's it's brutal, but when it does work, it just gets better and better and better and you're already queued up, you're you're laughing. Now the image comes yes, up with the line the and you're you're laughing. <laughs> totally right? agree. I by the way, I, it's stuff like that that I use in my workshops. Nice. Because I, I basically pick my favorite sketches, some that I wrote and some that I didn't as examples and like we discuss why the sketch works like Adam said Smart. Like the repetition let's get back to Tarantino oh <laughs> we got the video oh, oh here we go oh no oh no I'm happy you won't want to watch all of this I would like to do that song for you tonight Going for it. Gesticulating wildly. He is having a great time. The only one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I miss you and I want you so much. Wherever you are Singing is a lot like sex, which is trying harder doesn't always have a better right? product. Doesn't it's, create a better product. Since this is a it's comedy show, the right. crowd's waiting for something amusing. Right. He's singing a full song. Full song. Yes, yeah, somebody come down from the scaffolding. Now, did he think it went well? He thought it went great. Oh, yeah. The man seemed to have no sense of self. No. I don't really remember this one. How were his sketches? Terrible. Yeah. There was one where he hosted like a director's roundtable yeah. with Oliver Stone and yeah. Spike. I remember very well. Yeah. Spike Lee and Gus Van Zandt. And then he was like a hobo who killed. killed no, he was a train conductor who killed hobos. Yeah. There was a, it was a very bizarre show. But is that is that why we love his movies? Because there's like... Well, I would say, Adam, one thing is that he's generally not the star of them, well, so that yeah. helps a lot. No, no, he's, he was I, – I got a story about that. He has feelings that, about but, that. No, what I'm saying is, is like, would we be secure enough to have the dairy farmer, Nazi, mm. Jew hunter scene go on for 23 minutes if we were making that movie? Would we right. be like – I no. feel like it'd be like, we've mm. overstayed our welcome. Right. We get it. He likes milk. Oh, I see yeah. Come on. Let's just like, and, and it's like the no. fact that he just goes, we're going to sit in yeah. this fucking farmhouse no. for 19 minutes. You're yeah. 100% right. It's the audacity meets yes. the talent. Right. It's, yes. it's, it's that perfect – Because uh, he casts overlap. things beautifully. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's great, yeah. but I, I – but that's his I've lane. made movies like I would be like, come on, let's go. Right, right. We, we need to get into it. We're not even. Right. This isn't. We could. We could, this whole seventeen minutes could be four and a half right. minutes, and we could get all the information in. You know. Right. Like, but that's where that's his lane, not right. that. Well, right, but it's it's his lack of self awareness right. that yeah. enables him right. to sing Tabitha's theme <laughs> on SNL. Do you even and, know that song? You know pop culture. No, and I watched the shit out of Bewitched. I mean, that was <laughs> wow. yeah. I've, I've I thought that's kind of how life worked. Yeah. Right, like that's how you know every episode was McMahon and Tate, and they had a big client coming in town. And they're coming over for dinner. And if you screw this up, Stevens, it, we're, we're going to lose the account. There That's was right. always that. And then the, and the wife called the shots yeah. for the for the stodgy guy right. who would come over. And it was always there was somehow counting on Samantha to make a good pork shoulder yeah, whip up in order dinner. to land the account yeah, always, right. yeah. with the guy who was you know traveling from parts unknown right. just to eat dinner. At one of the executives' houses. I, that was every episode. Right. That's right. My first time in L.A., 
I got to go to a Super Bowl party with David White, Larry Tate. Oh, oh. You know, who was classic. <laughs> he, I think he'd been blacklisted. <gasps> and I made the mistake of saying, oh, my God, so did you keep in touch with uh, Elizabeth Montgomery? Horrible person. <gasps> kind of a bitch. Wow. Yeah, it's like this was my interest to show business. Oh, so you're not all friends and it's not all kissy. Yeah. Yeah, it was sad. Oh, I love her. I like her better than Barbara Eden. Mm -hmm. And then they would always do, he'd do a lot of make mine a double. Mm. There's always booze jokes. A lot of booze jokes. Don't forget the souffle humor. Oh, Hugh, and I can tell you much more as I've become an adult now, I've realized like much more real, unrealistic, I guess, than or fantastical than marrying a witch and having a mother-in-law as a sorceress in Dr. Bombay is the fact that Darren would come home every day at five, walk right over to the bar and open the ice bucket. It was brimming with ice. I thought this is the most unrealistic Fantasy. part of this entire production right here. Point. That's a Okay. How does this work? So she is in charge of filling the ice bucket at 4.40 yeah. every single Sharp. day. And if he didn't find fresh ice, there was always ice in the bucket. No one I'm going to make a drink, Sam. And he's like, there it was. He could make a drink at 7.45 in the morning and she could still be in her nightgown and the fucking ice bucket would be filled. What a great touch. That's a great commentary. Thank That's you. I always wanted them to do a mashup of Mad Men and Bewitched. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, you'd see sure. Larry Tate pitch something mm-hmm. then cut to Don Draper That's reacting. Great. Larry Tate. And he was always – they, they were such fair-weathered friends. Oh, so he was a backstabber. They, they'd go, um, they'd go uh, well, what do you think, Mr. Johnson? And he'd go, I don't like it. And then Larry would turn on Darren and go, you see, I told you, I love it. It's a great idea. He's my number one employee. Like they, they had to have, like all bosses were totally two-faced. Yes. And that's how, they, that's how they did it. Now, were you disturbed when Dick Sargent replaced Dick York? I was more disturbed when they swapped out the drummers in the Partridge family. <laughs> that I remember that. Because they had that one kid who looked like a Hasidic Jew, <laughs> and they replaced him with, with a, a Hitler youth. That's they right. Were, and I was like, wow. That's that's a good point. I don't like the direction this nation is headed. <laughs> oh, it told don't us a pre- lot. As a, the first kid was in your tribe, Gina. You sure? He was okay. super- Semitic looking. Super Semitic. Yeah, yes. he was. And then they swapped him out with basically Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, it looked like basically like a Sean Cassidy knockoff, the little kid. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, no explanation, just nope. gone. Gone. And I, that's just the way TV used to work. Like, we're not going to get into it. We'll just swap out well, Dick Sargent for Dick York. The most famous example of that type of thing is Richie Cunningham's brother. He went upstairs, never came down. It was never spoken of. Yeah, but they didn't try to pitch someone else's him right. of, as his other brother right. yeah, or just, that brother. Just they just he, yeah. just he just left. Yeah, the yeah. reality police didn't watch TV no. in the way that they do now. Very or... easily suspension of disbelief back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The good old days. I loved all that shit. I'm yeah. sad. It's all I had. Didn't have, I didn't read. Parents and I didn't talk. I just had TV. I have to point then to you. What I found maybe the it's I like discovering young comedians. I don't know if you're this way, but there's nothing to me more pleasurable than watching a horrific professional comic on TV. So the worst set I've ever seen that I now watch obsessively, a '70s show that Dick Clark hosted called Cast of a Thousand. Mm-hmm. He had on Jack Carter. Mm. So this is the mid '70s. Yeah. So Jack Carter comes out and does a bit about rock and roll. Mm. Adam, it's so offensive because. <laughs> His take on rock and roll, he starts off and he says, uh, you know what I hate about rock and roll? Every song has the words baby, baby, baby in them. It's like a okay, false premise. Right. right. Like how many songs? Two? Yeah. Three? Right. Maybe. Then he proceeds to have a song play where he imitates a rock and roller and the song is a blues song. So he gets the genre wrong. Was he established at the time? He was established, but I've done my research on him. He was considered like the grade C of that era. Like mm. you had Mel Brooks and those guys, mm-hmm. they'd throw Jack a bone because oh. there were so many shows, you know, tattletales and these game shows that yeah. needed a working comedian. Mm-hmm. So when you couldn't afford or get the good people, you called Jack Carter. It's funny because that bit sounds like an Andy Kaufman bit. 
like know, he's trying to funny. be right. It's 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 offensive because it's false, right? And it also shows he's so out of touch. He ends the song by going disco baby. <laughs> so you're saying rock and roll's bad, and, and that rock and rollers use the word disco baby in their lyrics. I don't think you know what music is. No, you don't. I always. Uh, well, can we find that, Max? Oh, I'm looking. <laughs> I I I always feel that way when comics float something, and you go, "What?" And I always wonder how they think it's like universal. So it was uh, <laughs> David Brenner had a book called "You Never See Anyone Eating Tuna Fish." Or something as if, as if it was a brilliant observation, like my bewitched ice bucket yes. observation from moments <laughs> Which ago. Which is brilliant. But I'm like, I've seen hundreds of millions of people eat. Tuna. I, I don't know why. Why is that an observation? I don't. I don't I'm still confused. <laughs> right to this day. You just reminded me to your point of one of my Larry Kingisms was. Yeah. Does anybody remember baseball cards? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, everybody. They still exist. Well, allow me to geek out for one more moment. One of my favorite sketches of your time there. I don't know if you had anything to do with that, so I'm going on a limb right here. But when David Allen Greer hosted and uh, the uh, morning show devolved into the uh, the apocalypse, basically. Them cannibalizing each Amazing. other. Amazing. Did you have anything I to did do not, with this? I think Will oh, had on. a hand. <laughs> Adam McKay as well. Oh, I think such a great that. sketch. It's one of those happy, you know, hey, we're a Phoenix in the Good Morning Phoenix or whatever it is. Oh, and the teleprompter goes out, and all of a sudden it's Lord of the Flies because oh, they can't right. exist yep. without a teleprompter. All right. <laughs> they start killing each we other. We got Jack Carter ready <laughs> from Dick Clark's, did you say show of shows? No, it's no. a oh. cast of a thousand. Cast of a thousand, That's That's sorry. put on a clinic here. And you never understand what they're singing. Without the word baby, 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 they'd have no songs. <laughs> and they never finish a darn song. Never, never finish it. Blue Moon. I saw you standing a I got you under my Tangerine, you're my ding dong Hey, disco baby. I want my blue suede shoes. Disco baby. <laughs> As we all know, that could be Led Zeppelin, The Stones. You know, a really big wow. tell about that. First of all, the sweetener was obvious. They never cut to the audience because it would have just been people uh, deadpan. Confused. Yep. Wow. False premise. False premise. Now we have to find David Brenner's book cover. It's, it's um. It's nobody ever sees you eating tuna fish. Nobody ever sees you Which, eating. Tuna well, you said fish. the most common thing in the world. Every I, day I see someone eating tuna fish. Every day at lunch from right. K from probably the first grade to twelfth. Yeah. I witness every day. People <laughs> witness me eating, devouring tuna fish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you about Scott's cheap flights. Scott's cheap flights travel the world and never pay full price again. People pay too much for flights. Prices go up and down by the hundreds of dollars, even in the same day. So you could pay the difference, or I should say a different price, for the uh, same flights. The person sitting next to you on the same plane, they combine technology with a team of flight experts to monitor thousands of routes on major airlines all day, every day. Oh, man, this is a godsend. When prices drop, they send members an email, and they'll give you an alert so you never miss an amazing deal like Europe or Japan for less than 300 bucks round trip. And uh, all on quality airlines as well. No kickbacks from airlines. Their only goal is to send their members great deals. Scott's Cheap Flights, right, Dawson? Join for free at scottscheapflights.com slash Adam and never overpay for flights again. Again, join for free at scottscheapflights.com slash Adam, scottscheapflights.com slash Adam. All right. Bizarre. <laughs> it's weird, right? We're Very. watching David Brenner. He's wearing a, a, a baseball undershirt. He's holding... <laughs> Not a sandwich, an actual... Tuna fish, I guess. Is it between a piece of bread? Is, is there a it? piece of bread oh, on top? Oh, look at you, yeah. Nobody yes. ever sees you eat tuna fish. Wow. It's, okay. and, and it's like another comedy observations that confuse the reader. 
Like, <laughs> but also, it it looks like someone f- mocked it up and photoshopped and just kind of went. This is a rough premise we're right. working at, and I always want. You have to go through – I've done this process a million times. You have to go through this person mm-hmm. and that person and everyone right. weighs in. Like, right. does anyone raise their hand and go, I, I, it's it. not funny? Maybe I, in I that era, like, there, there was no – there weren't that levels of damage control. Right. right? Or it's just major Emperor's New Clothes Syndrome. This is uh, – well, David and Scott Carter – wait. Not uh, not Scott Carter. Jack. Jack, Carter. Jack Carter. Scott Carter's the late night guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they'll both be missed. Fun piece of trivia. Fun piece of trivia. I just uh, was reminded of looking at Wikipedia. I think it was, was the first episode you might have worked for on air episode. Prince was supposed to be the musical guest. Dropped out at the last minute. It was replaced by? Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler. Wow. Prince was in a fight with his record company. It's when he changed his name <laughs> to a symbol. Right. Mm-hmm. He was angry. So he dropped out that week. Yeah, it was so a we week of. Yeah, we yeah. wake up. So we got Blues Traveler instead. Well, from Prince. Great live band. Yes. All right, we'll take a, a quick break. We'll be back. We'll do the news with Hughes right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies. At Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Give me the news with crap. News with Gino Grad. Breaking viral. Weird crime protest politics. Give me news with Gina Grass, stuff they saw on TMZ. Joe Biden, come out. Beat news with Gina Gina Grass. The news with Gina Grad. Start with something uh, uplifting and positive. Competing in the GKUS Classic, the four-time Olympic gold medalist uh, Simone Biles became the first woman to successfully land the Yurchenko double pike in competition on the vault. It's only been performed by men up till now. And before I show you, I'm going to tell you what it is. So you know what you're looking at. That's some Kill Bill shit right there. Seriously, That's like ten- Tarantino. Seriously, it's. A round off onto a springboard, then a back handspring onto a vault, then two back flips through the air to stick a standing landing. Um, we're going to look at it, but uh, furthermore, reports also explain that the double pike wasn't valued proportionately with its difficulty and rarity in part to counteract Biles' dominance. So they had to kind of oh, like adjusting the pull her back a little mm. or she would just dominate. Um, mm. Even Biles herself tweeted, I'm sorry, but I can't believe I competed a double pike on a vault. This is what it looked like. It has been absolutely unbelievable to watch every single time. Here we go. Wow. Wow. Amazing. It makes me think about, you know, we talk, you say, you know, from time to time, we didn't know that was possible until someone did it. And now, like, you know, kids are skateboarding, doing that kind of stuff all the time. Like, that's very... That's all X Games is. Right. Like, you didn't know you could do a flip on a motorcycle. Now, 14-year-olds do flips on motorcycles. Yes. And so it's funny because I don't know. I, I can't, I've heard, but I don't remember, like, any of her routines at all. Like, But you you think of someone like Mary Lou Retton. Mm-hmm. It's like what she was doing at the time was incredible. But, like, Simone Biles in 2021, we didn't even know that was possible. Well, you say they're, like, grading her on a curve or something? Yeah. They're waiting her score. Oh, how yeah. do you like that affirmative action? Yeah. <laughs> How's it feel? It's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. You're so good. We have to hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. It stings a little, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I hope she takes it as a compliment. Uh, they should. But they. Who oh. now? Hmm? Who they? Asians. Oh. Got to figure this out. Junists. You got that uh, man show? Yeah, we have, that, we have the, the action figure frat. What's it called? Fraternity uh, action figures? Yeah, fraternity action heroes or something heroes. like that. <laughs> fraternity action heroes. Fraternity action heroes. Five tough guys, one tough fraternity. Smitty, Wojo, Big Dave, Pooter, and the Toad. Fraternity action heroes. I'm the evil dean, and I'm going to shut your house down if you don't pass <laughs> tomorrow's exam. 
Forget you, Dean. We're going cruising in my dad's beamer to pick up some ecstasy for our party with the Kaplas. <laughs> <laughs> all five so you and your friends can act out classic fraternity rituals. <laughs> fraternity action heroes. Okie cookie sold separately. It's pretty brilliant. It's great. Yeah, it's a funny bit. I... You just have to talk the moms into like, what's my son auditioning exactly. for? Oh, it's a kid's playhouse yeah, thing. With toys. The- well, and that's why, like in my favorite one, in the karate one, you had to cut the kid. You you had to do a lot of those scenes without the kids actually there. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah, that was uh, Black Belt Adam. I think <laughs> Black Belt Adam. I had to say horrible things, but <laughs> to little kids I, I, and geese, I couldn't do it with the kids in front of me, right. and I did a pretty good job of. Cutting to them and cutting yeah. kind of me, I couldn't really see that one. they weren't in the no. room. Well, Max, now you have to find Black <laughs> Belt Adam. My experience <laughs> casting kids for uncomfortable comedy is if you find a family that's moved from Florida for pilot season, they're gold. Yeah. Do they have no morality. I do a snuff film. Anything. Right. Take him. Anything. They don't care. That's very, very. And they astute. live at the Oakwood. If that yeah, still exists. Yeah, well, now it's called the Avalon. Oh. It's called, but it's the Oakwood. Yeah, yeah. That's. I noticed a place where Corey. One of the Corys died. Yeah, Corey Haim. Oh, is that right? So. Yeah. I think so. I always ask for that room. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm local. That's how, that's how into it I am. <laughs> well, while he's looking that up, public schools in New York and L.A. will fully reopen in the fall with in-person learning five days a week, said officials on Monday. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio made the announcement about the nation's biggest school system Monday morning on Morning Joe. De Blasio said you can't have a full recovery without full, strong schools. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. The superintendent of L.A. Excuse me. You're allergic to good news? (laughs) Superintendent of Los Angeles schools, Austin Butner, made a similar announcement Monday. Now, about 70 parents protested outside of LUSD headquarters on Sunday, demanding a full reopening. And in L.A., some issues will still need to be ironed out with the teachers union. But they're hoping for that same full opening in September. I was talking to my kids, and they're done with school. And I'm like, you just start? Didn't we just start yeah. school? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're A lot done. of graduation balloons we're in people's yards. We're done next week. Yeah. It's like, you never even went. Nope. Their, the relationship with attendance is sparse at best. At best. Like, it's just sort of like, what are we, why are you guys sleeping? What day is it? Ah, we're doing a thing on the phone. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, when you were a kid, it was like, you got to go to school. Get up. Yeah. Get up. The go. Bell rang at 825. Like, there was so much talk about yeah. it. It's just like, eh, catch as catch can. And it makes me sad because what would have been better than to hear, like, you can do school from bed? But ultimately, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to have changed it. I'm glad I showed up and got to do stuff and see my friends and, you know, go out to lunch and do all the things you're supposed to do when you're in high school. Everything sounds better and bad, but I don't think it's like eating yeah. <laughs> oh. and school and Working. work. Everything sounds better, but big picture. Not good. Not good. I don't think. Like, what if we weren't talking about kids? What if we were just talking about Kodiak bears? Yeah. They can do it from their cave. Just let them lay there. <laughs> we'll bring the food in on Grubhub. And everyone's going, are you kidding? You're going to kill those bears. You're going to kill them. Have you, are you bothered by these parents who post all the time? I've never said they'll put, my kid just graduated Phi Beta Kappa. I've never quite understood. Is it like I know it must be prestigious, yeah. but it's like I want to go. Really, my kid graduated quid pro quo. <laughs> like, just throw out a Latin term. <laughs> yeah. What is? I don't know. Is it a fraternity? I don't get it. Brian, I feel like you'd know. Uh, I was not involved in that, but it's an honor society that you achieve a certain level. I too. see, and yeah. it's at every university. I think so. That's a good question. Yeah. Actually, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. But I don't know. So it's like honor roll, or yeah, 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 honors. honor society or something. Yeah. I, I go with Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, yeah that's more I impressive. Still don't really know what that is, but it sounds better. <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan is returning to acting. Uh, she's going to star in a yet to be titled Netflix holiday rom com, according to Variety. In this holiday flick, now tell me if this sounds like a movie that's already been made. 
can't remember what year, but I'm going to say late 80s. Tell me if this plot sounds familiar. Lindsay plays a newly engaged, spoiled hotel heiress who gets amnesia after a skiing accident and finds herself in the care of a handsome blue-collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter in the days leading up to Christmas. Anybody? That's anybody? overboard. Thank you. That's overboard. Except it it's set in Christmas. The rest of the cast hasn't been announced. The movie uh, starts production in November. Now, her last starring role was a low-budget horror movie, Among the Shadows. That was shot in 2015 and released in 2019. And she broke through at 11, starring in the reboot of The Parent Trap in 98, but been kind of out of the game for a while. She got to just skip forward to porn right now. Yeah. While I thought she already still, had like, it. Well, there's good money on the well, table. So you don't get into right. this in your 50s. They pull that's, back a lot of those yeah, offers. That's right. She hosted SNL for sure. Was that your era? It was not my era. <laughs> I remember no. she was there at some point. Oh, right. good news, Gina. We have Adam teaches karate. Oh, this is my favorite. To, uh, to, the, young, to the young kids. Oh. I remember being hoarse after. That's all I remember. <laughs> you really this left this one all on the field. Is being, uh, is being hoarse. Yeah. <laughs> My name, Sensei Adam. I am going to teach you the art. Of karate, rear front kick, left, right, cabbage patch, eagle death claw. Let me give you a real world scenario. Let's say you're in the milk line at school and bully comes up behind you once you change. Let's say you're at the beach with your best girl and guy comes up and kicks sand in your face. Let's say you're at a bar tilting a couple of cold ones after work with your buddy. And some drunken townie thinks you've been making eyes at his bitch. What are you going to do? Pounding on him. You're at a cockfight. And a couple of the Tijuana locals think you've been winning just a little too much. Let's say you're on the street and a bad guy pulls a knife on you. But he, but, he, uh, but he holds it more forward. Right. <laughs> and now he does that thing where, uh, where he taunts you by throwing it back and forth from one hand to the other. But a little smaller, a little, a little smaller, but faster. Huzzah! You're at a strip club and one of the Bettys just told the bouncer you gave her the magic thumb. <laughs> you cut away to confuse, boy. <laughs> This one's for my brother. Hey! You're Nam on a recon mission up the Mekong Delta. Next thing you know, you step on a little present from Charlie. It's a bouncing Betty. You got a heartbeat to react, or you're going to be wearing your sack like so much aftershave. See you in hell! Ah! You thought you are going to make some extra scratch doing gay porn. Turns out you just got the lead in a snuff film. Now you got a ball gag in your mouth and you're in a basement somewhere in Pomona. What do you do? The cutaways of the confused kids are pretty great. <laughs> the eyebrows. Go I like up. it. It's funny. It's, it's really, really funny, funny. But yeah, I, I was trying to figure out how to do all that shit in front of the kids, and I just realized I like Vietnam. Go. You got yeah. everything in there. <laughs> We're going back in time. <laughs> the <laughs> magic thumb. <laughs> you thought you were make some scratch doing gay porn? <laughs> oh my god! He's <laughs> got the lead role in the snuff film. It's real good. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same thing you talk about. It's like you start off with it's normal variations. milk money and And you throw a few and, in that like seem a little out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just keep going until it gets uh, preposterous. Yeah. I remember we sh- shut that Reseda. That sounds about right. And I was hoarse afterward. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs>
<laughs> well, there's going to be another Willy Wonka movie, and this time he will be played by, do you know, Brian? I heard about this, yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Right. The Ooh. 25-year-old will play a young version of Wonka in a prequel, uh, prequel to the classic Roald Dahl story. Oh, thank God. Before he got interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this eccentric billionaire before he was anything. Well, isn't the whole thing that like he was deprived of candy? I don't know. We'll find out. Deadline says the movie will focus on Wonka's adventures before opening his most famous chocolate factory. Sources say the flick will mark the first time Timothy will go to show off his singing and dancing skills with several musical numbers. Um, uh, Of course, Gene Wilder starred in the original in 1971, Johnny Depp's version in 2005. But nothing's better than the original. Um, Was there something where Tarantino bought Gene Wilder's old house? Or am I making that up? Or am I just trying to connect? No. Bring our show home. It wasn't Gene Wilder. (laughs) uh, It wasn't Quentin Tarantino. It was... um Elon Musk. I oh, think. Elon oh. Musk. Ah, an eccentric. Yeah. Now, Roald Dahl's been exposed as a vicious anti-Semite. It's true. He so hopefully in this version, the young Willy Wonka will see him excluding Jewish children right. from the factory. Right. Yeah. I never really was into the whole the whole thing. The Charlie and the Chocolate yeah, Factory. Yeah, just, I just. Um, when I, I, it's well, like the Phantom Toll Booth or something. Like all these stories from my How youth. How old were you in '77? Old enough to know better. <laughs> or '71? So I don't know. '71. I, I was. I, I I looked at I, I Lord of the Rings and like all stuff. It all just felt too weird and fantastical to me. Like I I was into like. You know, gone in 60 seconds. Right. I'm well, like car I can see a yeah. young Adam Carolla watching Willy Wonka and really feeling like they're rubbing your nose in it. Yeah. The candy was pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. They did yeah. Willy Wonka candy. The, and oh, they actual, had, there were the actual Wonka candy. bars. Yeah. They, act, they were smart enough to realize, like, yeah. hey, man, forget about just the movies. Right. Like, right. We should sell the shit at the movie theaters that the movie's playing at. And they came out with a whole line mm-hmm. of... Willy Wonka candy. And the Scrum Diddly Emptious bar. And they're basically kind of a peanut butter cup in a different shape or something like Never that, as one. I recall. Yeah, they had yeah, Oompa me. Loompas that were peanut butter. Yeah. But they were good. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds great. One more, Gina Okay. Grant. Well, you know how um, a while back I told you that a notorious cartel uh, member got popped because somebody saw his tattoo on his arm from his oh, cooking, cooking channel show, yeah. on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we have one sort of akin to that. A drug dealer's fingerprints have been analyzed by police when he shared a photo of his hand holding a block of cheese. That has landed him in prison for 13 years. And we have the picture that started it all. Uh, 39-year-old Carl Stewart from Liverpool sent a picture of, uh, of an, on an encrypted device of a block of Stilton cheese he found in a British grocery store. And the photograph was discovered by police who analyzed the fingerprints that are very clear in this picture. Authority says Stewart's love of Stilton cheese led to his arrest. He was jailed on Friday after pleading guilty to conspiracy to supply cocaine, heroin, MDMA, and ketamine, and to transferring criminal property, according to police. Wow. Well, it's nice to have the cops doing their copping because yeah. I was thinking about Ted Kaczynski. Like, we could never find him, and then his brother, like, turned him, turned him in, in. Right. right. I mean, we, we went on a multi-year nationwide manhunt Man came up with zero and at a certain point his fucking brother had to just drop a dime on right. him otherwise we he recognized his writing oh, is that like, what oh, it that's is? my bro- yeah they because they were publishing those crazy letters and he goes that's my brother's voice wow oh really yeah it was all this crazy anti-environment mm-hmm. it was like environment environmental extremism like yeah yeah he was he was blowing up college professors, which at the time I disagreed with. <laughs> now, I have a slightly different take yeah, on it. You know, the sad thing about this, yeah. the, in prison, there's the pecking order. Right. Like, the un- only thing worse than child molesters is prisoners who are into high-end cheese. Oh, It's like yeah. the fromage. They're, gonna, they're yeah, getting they a whole I didn't even think of that. Wing yeah, there's the chomo and now the chimo. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, this is bound. I mean, it's going to happen more and more. I mean, you know, people filming themselves yeah, storming the Capitol and stuff like that. Like, make it easy on be everybody. Pretty easy, yeah. and um, we don't really need so many of the cops as we grew up with. We need folks that 
played video games yes. and studied computers and know how to edit yes. and do stuff just sitting around and cubicles images. just staring at everything. Right. That was the biggest Enhanced. biggest yeah. breakthrough of every 80s yep. cop show. Enhanced. Enhanced. I'm sitting home like mind blown. Like the picture's getting bigger. Didn't Matthew Broderick almost cause a world war? Yes, war games. War games. War games. All right. Let me hit Bambi. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, uh, minimum wage and labor regulations, and HR manager salaries average 70K a year. Bambi, that's B-A-M-B-E-E, created specifically for small businesses. Get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just 99 bucks a month. Uh, your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to your business. Just 99 bucks month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business, spend a bunch of time with the HR compliance. Let Bambi get you help. Get your free HR audit today, right, Dawson? Go to Bambi.com slash Adam right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Adam, spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash Adam. All right, Gina Grad, let's bring it home. You got it. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. Come on, she's 300 pounds. You Gina, Gina That was the news with Gina Grad. Well, last but not least, there's Hyundai Tucson. Hyundai Tucson, all new Tucson, completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with innovations inside and out. You go to Hyundai.com to find out more. Hugh Fink. Yeah. On uh, the writing in the workshops for them, and you should go to the website hughfink.com to sign up and learn from a season, some say grizzled, mostly <laughs> cagey, veteran of the uh, sketch writing game. And all true, it's Tuesday, June 8th, it's 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Good to see you, Hugh. Good to see you, Adam. It's great being here. I uh, I agree. Come back again soon. Love it. Oh, uh, Corolla Drinks, 818 Rye Whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tasting at the Venetian this Saturday, 5 to 7 p.m. Lynette and the gang will be there. Vegas. Oh, in Vegas. Sorry. Yeah. I should have mm-hmm. put that in. Go to AdamCurl.com for all the info. Live shows coming up everywhere. Golden, Colorado, and Anchorage, and Raleigh, North Carolina, and Royal Oak, Michigan, and Kansas City, Woo! Missouri. So until next time, Adam Crow for Hugh Fink and Gina Grad and Bald Ryan saying mahalo. That was goddamn good radio. Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Carolla. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. Check out Gina Grad with Teresa Strasser on the podcast Easy Listening and Bolt Bryan on the podcast The Film Bolt. And then me and Chris and Matt and Gary and Kalen on the water cooler. And get tickets to see The Ace Man live or one of his books, movies, and more at adamcarolla.com. Hey, movie lovers, who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts. Ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. Saving starts with internet and wireless from Xfinity. Because when you get Xfinity Internet and Add Mobile, you can save up to $400 a year on wireless. Enjoy fast, reliable internet at home and nationwide 5G on the go, included at no extra cost. Get Xfinity Internet and Mobile together and ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back. Don't miss out. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary.